host's name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that now? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hope Pill. Alpha Delta. Yeah, Dukes. Dig it. I have a third name in the running for the new rig. I'm going to run it past you. I don't think you're going to know what it's from, unfortunately. It's a chance. This guy's a loser. <laughs> it's a chat do show. It's a chat do show. It's a chat do show. This guy stinks. You see what he's wearing? How are we gonna explain that bit to the listeners? That's one of the weirdest organic bits I've ever stumbled across in my life. That's gonna be a tough one. Luckily, uh, Breezy's gonna say my name a few times, so I'll be able to mull it over. I need some time to contemplate the tree of woe. That's Conan shtick. No one's ever picked up on that. Welcome, everybody, to the program. It is the Chad Dukes Show. Thank you so much for listening on a Friday episode tour. You know what that means, right? I get a chance to do and play my favorite song of all time. It's the official Friday anthem of the Chad Duke Show. Friday, Friday, Galaxy on my day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, it's Friday. The weekend's here and we'll have a kid of me. We'll relax, hallelujah, hallelujah, and take off our slags. Hallelujah, hallelujah, it's in a rubber house in a rotten underwear. Hallelujah. There you go. Happy it, Friday to everybody. It needs to be a case study done on that man. <laughs> everything he was on. He is a unique e- soul. Everything. You've been going out, dip, dipping a toe into the, uh, the, good, the good waters of the uh, good ship grease? I think someone's got to do a deep dive yeah. and just examine that. He's a crazy bastard. That is for certain. He's been fired more times. I don't even know how many times <laughs> that my grabber's been fired. Uh, love Nino. Uh, welcome to the show. It is the uh, Friday show of the Chad Duke Show. I'm not sure when you're listening, but that's when we're recording. I am your host, Shoot, and there is Joe Sniz. I imagine your pager's going off left and right. People getting their eight balls ready for the weekend. Nice summer weekend out there. Do a couple of key bumps and then uh, maybe head out to the discotheque. Hello, Joe Sniz. I'm not distributing or doing cocaine. Then why is your name Joe Sniz? I didn't make it up. I don't understand. What is it? Stanley Sniz or whatever his name was. Stanley Sniz? S- Stan something what? decided to come up with that name Stan for Cronky? me. Oh, Stan Cronky. Oh, Stan Cronky, yes. Is that what his name was? He was your roommate, right? He sucks. Yeah, he's a jerk. We haven't heard from him again, though. Thank God. Um, I'd put that on a best of the second year CD, but nobody would buy it. Uh, welcome to the uh, program. We're excited to be be here. We had a great week of shows, I think. I always say this, but it's a uh, fantastic week for you to subscribe to the Chad Duke Show. We had some girthy episodes. I think yesterday's was about an hour and 50 minutes and uh, had some great guests. We'll have a little sampling of that for you today. 
Um, at the top, you heard um, you heard a bit that you are completely unaware of, and that's never good for a host. Shouldn't do that, you know. You should introduce what you're doing to the audience. Yeah. So I was sitting in here, and I um, I was looking at a video or something on my computer. Tor was getting ready for the the show, and he's printing out stuff and showing me proofs and all the crazy things that happened before the show. And I was uh, telling him how jealous he was of my new Raiden statue that I have from Iron Studios. Um, it's probably the most jealous he's ever been in his fucking life. Green with envy over here. As soon as this show's over, I'm going to unbox that Raiden statue. I'm going to put it right over there in shelf realm. And then Tor's probably going to pass out on the floor. He's of jealousy. Um, <laughs> Throw myself off the building in rage. <laughs> what? I don't have that Raiden statue? Right off the top of the building. It's it for me. Yeah, look out below you. We don't want to keep killing a whole family. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. that I, I don't know if I ever said on the air that Tori has already told me that when the time comes for him to kill me, when I try to go down the stairs, he's going to jump down the stairs after me. He doesn't care. That's that's my final defense plan. If there's an intruder, right? Uh, if I have to catch somebody, I understand my body, and I'm out. If it, if the time has come, For I know. You sacrifice it. If I'm jumping down some stairs, that's it. Whoever's below, it's a wrap. It's done. They're done for. They're I, even if it doesn't kill them, they're not going to be conscious. Right. Well, they certainly aren't going to be able to move around. And especially in a staircase, they right. can't avoid me. You sure? Are you planning on living through this, or is this the last? Either or. This okay. is me going out with some honor. Okay. It just I thought it was interesting that the, when you brought it up, it wasn't defending your home. It was what I thought <laughs> when we were arguing about horse that you were going to snap my neck. In the hypothetical that was presented, right? I said I think you could beat me to the door, but it, that wouldn't be enough if you're going to throw yourself down the staircase. That's right, because but uh, you would beat me there because I have to get around yeah, the yeah, board yeah, and yeah, such. Yeah, yeah. And, and even even in my rage, I probably wouldn't want to trip over the wires. And, and you, all you that. know, you have a lot of athleticism. Of course, <laughs> I would never say you don't, but you're not the fleetest of foot. I no, would no, say. by by no means. Neither am I. Myself. But I think I've got a less arduous. Don't, I don't want to get into your kitchen too much about this because we are talking about you deciding it's time to kill me. <laughs> but um, any chance you'd come around this way on my side? It's too tight of a corner. Okay, I think to get around there. That 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 fridge has caught my. Well, let your me rephrase that. My massive hips and ass have caught the corner of that fridge <laughs> a thousand times. Okay. I've watched you open the door to the fridge with your ass as you're walking. <laughs> hey, by. You want a drink? Shoot. Okay. <laughs> there you go. go. It's wide open. I try. Could you close that? We're not trying to cool down the entire outside. All right, so uh, I've got to figure out. All right, so I'm going to have to come up with a game plan on how I not only can get to that staircase, but get out the door beneath the staircase before you can throw yourself. You're going to have to skip some steps. Yeah, that's. I'm going to have to make some hard calls. There's going to be a, <laughs> some sacrifices going to have to be made by myself as well. Because I'm I'm jumping blind. If you're not there, sure, I'm right. still going. You're still going. So it's like all like I've got to make sure that I'm out. My head is either going to be through your chest or through the drywall. Oh my God, that's well, a, you've given me a lot to think about this weekend. <laughs> In the planning stages. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, we uh. So before the show, I was sitting here and I was like, I was waiting for Tor to finish up with what he's doing, and I um, I was I was looking at a video. I think I was watching uh, Headlock Gaming, and uh, he was he was uh, talking about something, and I um, I I saw. I saw somebody say something in the chat room. This is very, this is, I'm not doing a great job of talking about this, but there's a little chat that goes along when you're watching a streamer. And there's this guy that shows up in headlocks chat and he would never survive in my chat. He would have already done been up out of there, but headlock is a, uh, he's a more welcoming streamer than I am. So I'm just looking at what this guy's saying, dumb shit. And at some point I said, oh, this guy stinks. And Tor's like, who stinks? 
And I'm like, yeah, this guy fucking stinks. You're like, you're talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, do you know how funny it would be that if I was just sitting in here and the only people that are in this studio right now are touring myself. Yeah. And I just said to myself, this guy stinks. <laughs> talking about Tori. <laughs> talking about you. And I said it out loud. <laughs> Like that is a really funny bit. It, the it, because it's such an odd environment that we're in, where it it's is, just really is. two people in a room, a humongous <laughs> room, <laughs> and if, a giant room painted by Monk's Barbecue, by the way, Monk's Barbecue. Go to there, go there. If it were to boil up inside of you, yeah, then, then it would oh, slip. God, this guy stinks. <laughs> what a loser! I'm like, what are you? I was like, that that would be such. You an- still could technically have been talking about right. Me. I could have been. I could have been, but I, I can only give you my word, my good word. Um. But it was just—it was very humorous to then sit there and imagine the scenario where Torres is like doing work and he's like, "Fuck this dude," yeah. and I'm like, "Who? Oh, nothing." Yeah. Like, who did you mean to say that to? Right. Who else do you think's in here? Um. So yeah, it's been a wacky week. It's been a—it's uh, been a good week, and um, you know, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to get uh, episodes every day if you're going over to chaddukeshow.com and we uh i think we make good on everything that we promise to do for subscribers and then some tonight's will be the friday night hootenanny i'm very excited about that that's not the one i wanted where's the uh where's the uh the song that i asked you to put in for the scary one should be by all hoots by all hoots yes ah there it is that's all that's all hoots so which one's the one I want? The one next to Rimey Who? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I like it there. Tonight, though, very excited. 7.30 p.m. It's a Chad Duke show. Your opportunity. Friday night. Tonight. To hang out with us live, baby. It's a Chad Duke show. You can chat. Friday night. You can drink. You can donate. That's the order right there. Maybe reverse it. Wait for that beat to drop, Joe Sniz. I'm going to turn that joint up. You're turning my headphones up. Yo! Like, I'm not in the creative space enough to make music. I got a movie update, by the way, last night. What? Yep. Grimy is really doing his thing, though. If you know good quarterback and you know it begins and ends with Jalen Hurts. Brightest young star in the game. We put all the pieces together this year. What you know about Jeremy Macklin? Miles Sanders, breakout year. Miles Sanders in no way disappointing the Dukes' fantasy squad. Piece of shit. Yo. Are Grimey in the movie the same guy? I think right now they've kind of combined. All right, if you'd like to watch the uh, Hootenanny tonight, it is, uh, thank you, Steve. Yes, that is the name of the show. Uh, Facebook.com slash Chad Duke Show. Exactly. All right, fade it out before you get that little fucking. Yo, this is DJ Grime. I'm on the motherfucker. Shut up. Catch me at the link. Catch me me at your wifey house. (laughs) I'm Mr. Steal Your Chick. No, you're not. You're Mr. Emotional Facebook post. (laughs) All right. Uh, tonight, if you'd like to watch the Chad Duke Show, uh, Friday Night Hoot and Nanny, just go to Facebook.com slash Chad Duke Show. We'll be on right around 7. There's about 12 minutes of fucking intro songs, though, so if you want to skip through that, I understand, but Sonny does a good job, so maybe you want to sit there and just enjoy yourself. 
Okay, all the plugs are out of the way. I think, ah, Tor, I am ready for football, by the way. Officially ready for football. Yeah. Um, I saw an interesting story that I wanted to run past you. And, of course, you have the perspective of playing big-time college football, which you reminded me when you told me I didn't know anything about a uh, horse. Um, not Straw Mile Swift. Who's the kid that's the running back for the uh, the Lions? DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. Um, he's had some injury problems. Yep. So, you know who the running backs coach is of the Detroit Lions? I didn't know this. Grimey's going to be steamed. That's your, uh, that's Grimey's your clue. Be One of the greatest ball carriers in the history of the game. Is it Brian Westbrook? It's Deuce Staley. Oh, shit. Who well, I'm steamed for. A little bit before your, your time, I think. But uh, Deuce Staley uh, tormented, of course, the now Washington Commandos. Uh, they, uh, he played also, I think, for Pittsburgh. Steelers had a nice little career uh, in Philadelphia, and um, he went to you got you got a running back that clearly in DeAndre Swift can fucking get it in. I mean, as a guy that's a you got a game breaking um, ability, but um, in twenty six games he only has eight starts and he's carried the ball two hundred and sixty five times. So they'd like to give him a bigger workload. So Deuce Staley, uh, I guess, it admitted to this via the Detroit Free Press, which I'm excited about. Um, he said he went to the player and said, "You got to start playing through injuries. Like you got to start knowing the difference between I'm I'm injured or I'm hurt." Yeah, that's a key, right? And it's like, I feel like that's an incredibly anti 2022 thing to say. Where if like a fan crumbles up a piece of paper. And throws it at Lawrence Funderbunk as he's walking off the court. Uh, that guy gets beaten with a wood, uh, a sock full of wood screws, and banned from the stadium for the rest of his life. Like I don't want to be those guys that says at, you know athletes are soft. I'm, I'm not saying that, but they they certainly bitch way more and have way more control than any athlete I would say of any previous generation. Uh, coupled with, by the way, being paid more money, which I'm completely fine with. But um, he had a great spin on it, and he's like. Hey, we need you out there. You're going to take your fair share of hits, but um, you got to be able to protect yourself, and you also have to be willing to put it all out there because we need you on this team. And I'm like, it's the right way to phrase it, but um, I found it incredibly – as a former fan of a team that did nothing but draft player like Jordan Reed, you know, for whatever reasons, like you go through all these guys, and like, man, boy, if, if they just get right, right. If we can just get fill-in-the-blank right and get him out on the field. I know concussions is different than, like, you know, your fucking back's hurting you. But – um. I don't know. I, I like seeing that not only did he say it, but then he said it publicly for everybody to hear because that doesn't really feel like something that gets said in, in this day and age. Well, that's why I like player coaches, especially like a former running back coaching, is because and no shit. if you can take that amount, if you can take the pain for eight years, you're golden because yeah. you know what it has taken. You know what it takes. And there, there are guys and every, every locker room has them, you know. Uh, last three weeks of the season, they're senior. Maybe they're not getting as much burn. Oh, sorry, got my head dinged up. Concussion. I'm not going to practice the last three weeks. So I'll still get my senior day, still do all that stuff. And you're like, ah, well, you're not doing it. But when you go in your first year, and I'm for the NFL, I'm assuming it's the same thing. You're like, okay, I'm in a different beast now. Right. And you're taking different types of hits. Do you remember when Ben Simmons was doing his whole fucking yeah. thing? And uh, there were a lot of people. Come into his defense. He's hurt. You don't know how hurt he is. How dare you? And Shaq came out and said, he said, I think the quote was, ballers know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't like accusing people of faking injury. Or I, I don't even know what you would call it, but milking. Um, but I, I do, I've, I've talked to a couple of different players 
that um, I won't say who, but there was a I'll just say there was a very fast wide receiver that played for Washington. He recently played for the Oakland Raiders uh, and the Rams and the Eagles. Yo, he's the greatest <laughs> deep threat in the history. Um, and uh, a couple of people told me on on Saturday morning, he'd be like, he'd say openly in the locker room, do I want to play this week? Like, do I feel like playing this week? Because if he didn't, then there was going to be a back flare up by Saturday night, and he was going to be a fucking holding the clipboard on the weekend. Right. I don't know, man. Like, uh, maybe you're looking at that guy now and saying, look at the longevity. Look at how many paychecks he has. He's still fast. He can still go out there and be a threat. Maybe it's worth it. Maybe it is. Maybe it's worth it to rest, you know, LeBron every other game on the road. I don't know. Um, I just know that as a person, a person that enjoys watching football, I, I like hearing that these conversations are still happening. It's a cliche, but the lunch pail, blue collar mentality when you're going in it, right. you have to learn how to do it because a lot of the guys were either the best in high school or the best in college, and then they're like, okay, cool, I'm going to be the best here. You're not. You're going to get injured. You're going to get hurt, and you're going to get hurt the worst you've ever been. So right. you have to go in, in, in college. You're like, okay, shit, these are grown men. I am 18 years old coming out of high school. I'm not a grown man, so i got to learn how to take this – physical abuse i have to be able to grow some thicker skin and understand okay uh, my bell got rung i'm feeling it in my teeth line up again because if not there's somebody else behind you that's going to line up and and do the damn job and i think that's why there's a lot of people that believe that the the greatest you know teaching tool that we have is playing you know organized football you know when it comes to everything that you are taught and you know we've talked about this on the show the discipline and the teamwork and the team mentality and the, the tenaciousness of it also you know the complexities of it right. um so yeah i think that's one of the reasons why you want your kid to play football despite any risks that may happen due to injury so interesting story um i did see alex mack is retiring i thought you were uh i thought you'd have an opinion on that i was a fan of him i wish he would come back and play for atlanta this year mm. I, I think he's still got juice in the tank but you know 13 years is 13 long, and long the, years as a, as a lineman too yeah <laughs> dude I, I went into the comments section it is why I don't know. <laughs> it was such a bloodbath. I can't even. I can't even go into a football comment section. First of all, there's a there's a show on Nickelodeon back in the '90s called Alex Mack, and that's everyone just making those jokes, just sure. normies and ham and eggers. And then it's everyone saying he didn't want to block for Deshaun Watson. You didn't want to block for him. That's why he's retiring. He's like he hasn't played for the Cleveland Browns in a no. couple. <laughs> it's like you don't even know what team he's fucking on. Good lord. Um. I don't know, man. Thirteen years playing offensive line, like that's why. Uh, who's your boy that uh, Dane pretended like he knew that they just made the entire Super Bowl about? Oh, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, like, uh, well, they did, right? <laughs> yeah. Drag your kids out onto the field, man. I'm telling you what, you want some good PR. Drag your kids out onto the field as soon as the Super Bowl's over and have them roll around in the confetti. Who's the one joke? Oh God, who who got a better PR push than I? Was it Van Jefferson? Who oh went, yeah, went to go meet up his, with his wife that was in labor after winning the Super Bowl. It's pretty good. Uh, that was, pretty good uh, PR piece for you. Golly, yeah, go home and then. Uh, yeah, only gonna... better is if he he had a built-in excuse. I would have been like, hey, I'll go and it's all done. They got to yeah, hose yeah, them both yeah. off. I <laughs> I'm not a very good person though. <laughs> Are you drafting Van Jefferson in fantasy next year? Oh, God. Uh, well, it's tough because you have Cooper Cup and yep. you have Allen Robinson on you the team. You don't know if Odell might come back. Right. Uh, you saw Jarvis Landry was trying to recruit Odell to the Saints. I, if I'm Odell Beckham Jr., my list is four long. I either go to Tampa or I go to Buffalo or I go back to Los Angeles. Um, and then maybe – I mean, I, I don't think Kansas City can would be able to give anything more than – 
league minimum. Um, but I mean, I would just go someplace where it's like I can win championships and it's going to be yeah. easy for me, and I don't have to be the primary. If I'm if I'm Odell Beckham Jr., I could say, okay, I want to go to a winner. Look what I did for a winner last yeah. year. I'll show up in, in in crunch time. But Van Jefferson probably like. He had a couple of big games. I remember picking him up off the waiver wire and starting him, and he actually had like a, a decent performance. Maybe ninth round, tenth round. Yeah, I think he gets drafted. All right. Um, neither said than done. I mean, easier said than done, rather, uh, to do that and then come out publicly. But I'm glad that Deuce Staley did it. Uh, I wanted to give a quick update. I watched my first really good episode of uh, Deep Space Nine. They've all been kind of okay. And I've just enjoyed them to be back in that universe. I've, I've never watched the series all the way through. Um, I'm a big Star Trek The Next Generation fan. But uh, there was one episode where it was a, a murder mystery. And uh, Odo is trying to solve Quark and his brother break into this store that was a uh, closed since the Cardassians left Deep Space Nine. And they find a list of Bajoran names behind the wall. And uh, it's, it's all about Odo going back in time to when he was first becoming the constable of Deep Space Nine, and figuring out this mystery that involved people that were currently still on the station. So it's really well executed. It was kind of creepy, and um, it was awesome. And it was the first time I was like, ah, maybe this this show is going to be uh, something. Because it always was, I remember trying to start it when it first came on and being very bored by it and the static nature of just sitting in space. But uh, Has my guy Worf shown up yet? Not yet. I don't think he shows up until season three or four, I think. Soon as he does, I'm gonna pop because I I think I can officially. It's so fucking tough. Every time I come close to declaring Worf is my favorite Star Trek character, yeah, I just remember how much I love Riker, and then and then I'm like, oh, I love Picard as much as I love Riker. I was like, then then there's Data. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what to do. It freaks me out, but I'm so fucking close to naming Worf. Well, good Data is as good as it gets. Good Data is as good. Bad, bad, data, bad data is is, he, he is makes, tough. He makes me insane. Lore or Data being evil because there's two different things. Um, there's look, times when Data's being weird and evil, and there's times when his brother is being weird and evil. I'd just say Data being like when they, if they <clears throat> write him a little too eccentric-y. Or a little, like they did in the like, one yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. We just watched uh, Nemesis, right. and he was written kind of oddly. With, the, that, with yeah. the laughing and stuff like that. I'm, like, I'm okay. with you. I didn't like that either. I like Data being analytical and saving everybody's fuck. Well, you would like Odo then, because Odo's kind of that... Uh, that fucking um that ultimate solution type of guy because he's a shapeshifter so he's always turning into a flower pot and listening oh, okay. into people and also he kicks ass like he won't fucking he won't use a phaser because he just beats everybody up. oh i like that yeah i like it too he's got a big flat face okay uh so there was that as well um i wanted to reveal the bet tour that was to change the course of the uh, future of the show but i'm worried well our listeners listen to the friday episode now don't they they do okay i'll i'll i'll, I'll tell the story so for those of you that don't know, and Tor's now experienced this at first hand, by the way, the horse argument. Yep. I mean, everything good that you hear on this show that isn't just fluff and filler comes from me and a group of derelicts sh- shooting hoops in my pool. Um, that sounds like a humble brag, I assure you. It's not. I'm lucky enough to have a, uh, a basketball hoop in a pool in my backyard, which, I don't know, some people like Lamborghinis, some people like beach houses, uh... I think that's about as good as it gets. Pool basketball is its maybe the most fun sport on earth. It is. Um, and there's so many different ways you can do it. Um, a lot of what I do is we take, we shoot. We, we just take shots from around the pool and we bet, make or miss. And uh, that sometimes the pots get up to some astronomical figures. It's a lot of fun. Um, but every fun thing that you hear on the show generally is me drinking and around with a bunch of my friends and uh, 
having fun ideas pop into my head. The the re, the reinvigoration of the Rodcast, I would it came up with it, I believe, when I was in the pool fucking shooting hoops. I, I believe that happened. Um, but I, I can't t- swear to it. This, though, I can. So we're at the house, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the lineup. I think it's the shirtless Puerto Rican, it's uh, Dick Smoke Hand, and it's uh, Giuseppe Pizzo. Yeah. And we're all shooting and drinking, and I'm, we're betting. And uh, Ant-Man's down big, down big, like... Hundreds of dollars, uh, cases of CBD seltzers, uh, tabs when we go down to the beach next week. Uh, he's in a bad way. So I come to him and I say, uh, Ant-Man. Well, actually, I think it started where Dick Smokan proposed to Ant-Man that he said, look, I'll bet you $1,000, but you don't have to put any cash up. You just have to put up a tattoo of Smoky Mountain Joe. Okay. So Ant-Man would have had to get a tattoo of Smoky Mountain Joe on his body somewhere which is a former friend of ours that no longer will return our phone calls or texts and uh, has gone into the ether. So that wouldn't have been a good tattoo to have. No. Um, it's not fun. It's actually going to bum you out every time you see it. So I give credit to Dick. That's actually a really a good bet. But it's not that much fun. So Dick takes – Amen agrees. He agrees to this tattoo bet, which I don't know why. Um, I think – I have to assume alcohol. Um, Dick is – Without a doubt, the worst. I've never seen anybody that's in better shape. Yeah, that is as terrible a basketball player as Dick is. Like he cannot buy a shot. He looks very stiff. I don't think he's got much much fluidity or flick of the wrist. Yeah, he's like I've played ultimate with him. Like I've played other games. We played wiffle ball with him. Yeah, he's not a bad athlete. No, but he just you're right. He's very rigid, and I don't think he's ever learned like how to take a jump shot. I mean, wiffle ball. He swung left handed, one handed. That's true. So he does things very odd. He's odd. Uh, he's got he's got rods in his toes. Uh, he's he wears lots of wristbands. Very strange guy. Yeah. Um, Dick misses this shot, so Ant Man's hooting and hollering and going crazy. And I said, "All right, Ant Man, I'll, I'll wipe everything you owe me, everything. But if I make the shot, you've got to get a tattoo of Hot Man Ted's head on the body of a fish." <laughs> I didn't know that detail. That's a detail that I was not privy to. Those of you that aren't familiar, our buddy Hot Man Ted looks incredibly similar to a tuna. To one of those giant tuna that they pull out of the water on the on that TV show on the Discovery Channel. I, I've got a, a side-by-side, I wish I could find it, where it's Ted looking into a camera and a tuna looking into the camera. And uh-huh. it's the same fucking face. Now, he's not a fish, so it's like, you know... Slightly different, but it's the same expression, the same eyeballs, the same face. He's got the very aerodynamic face. He does. It slices through the wind. Yeah. Um, Ant-Man's like, well, you're too close. You can't shoot from where Dick shoots. And I said, okay. So I move all the way to the back. You know where it is, the fourth stool. Yeah, I know the fourth stool. And I say, uh, what about from back here? And he's like, all right, let's do it. I'll do it right now. Let's do it. But just fucking shoot, all right? So now, like, my wife's in the pool. I think the Gallimimus and his wife are over. So everyone now is locked in. Because this shot means Ant-Man has to get a tattoo of Ted as a fish. Uh And I believe he said right above his knee is where he wants to put it. I said, I don't care where you put it. It's just got to go on your body. We got to be able to see it. Okay. I think because he wears such long shorts. Uh, Like if people want to see it, he can pull the short, like his Jankos up, and then people can see the fish. (laughs) so fucking funny because (laughs) he's got the uh, the biggest shorts that have ever existed. Above the knee tattoos, like. They're meant to be seen. Right, you're of wearing course. shorter shorts. For, no, wearing, for normal people. That, that's what, <laughs> he's, 
he says that's a covered area. That's a covered. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to get fired. And what I realized is, oh, they'll never get fired because you wear such humongous shorts. Nobody ever sees the top of your knees. It's like if you want people to see your tattoos, you get the the arm sleeve, you get it on your neck, or on you the get forearm, on, or, yeah, or on the on the top of your knee. <laughs> that's not a concealment area. It is. It is when your shorts use as much fabric as the sails of a Spanish galleon. That's how. That's how much we're talking about here. So this dummy. The fucking the, the, Tori, a hush, a hush befalls the uh, the pool, and everyone's locked in. And I realize, holy shit, this has turned into a big moment. Yeah, you know, like I've played a lot of backyard games. I've you know played in a lot of fucking different things, and I've played against the junkies and kickball. And we won, by the way. They still stick to their crawl. They still bitch about that. Like I've done things over the course. I played a lot of listeners' radio bits, like flag football, pick up basketball, shit like that. <coughs> but the stakes, I don't think, were ever this high. So I'm like, oh, <coughs> excuse me, just choked on air. I said, if I don't make this fucking shot, it's going to be a huge bummer. And how am I going to live it down? Right. So, uh, of course, I swish it. Uh, it just goes right through. It doesn't touch anything. It's whoosh, right, right through it. It, it. The pop was enormous. <laughs> like, there's probably six or seven people there, and the pop sounded like there was 40 people there. Everyone starts losing their mind. Amy goes, oh, no, my God, oh, no. And starts screaming and then throws himself under the water. And I was like, this is probably the biggest... No wonder Tor thinks I don't know about horse. Like this is probably the biggest athletic feat I've had in a decade, <laughs> at least maybe two. No, nah, it's a big deal. Maybe That's... two and a half. <laughs> it's a big deal. So now Ant Man has got to get a tattoo of Hot Man Ted and his face on a tuna, and so we've had zero success. I got to pay for it, of course, <clears throat> which is a bummer, but I don't mind footing that bill. Right. We have had zero success finding any tattoo artists to help us out on this show. But I am going to at least throw it out there one last time that if, if someone will pay you, if you know a tattoo artist or if you are a tattoo artist or if you, but, but what we would like to have happen is we would like to set up the chair, have the tattoo take place on a hootenanny. Oh my God. On the show. Right? That'd be great. Wouldn't that be the best idea? He is... I mean, how uncomfortable would he be? Ant-Man or the tattoo artist? It, 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 both, but mostly Ant-Man because I don't know when the last time he got a tattoo was. I, I'm assuming he was Well, he had that giant cover-up piece because he had. He told me about the tattoo. He had a tattoo. I don't know if he wants me saying this. He had a tattoo of a, a, a needle going into his vein with a spoon underneath it. <laughs> it's hideous. And uh, he had to have it all covered up. So yeah. he, he's had massive tattoo work done uh, since he's gotten clean and off the shit. So, um you know, I think he's cool with tattoos, but I also, I don't know if he's cool getting a tattoo on the show of Ted's face as a fish. Well, here's the thing with Anthony. I know that the lore of the water basketball betting has not always gone in his favor. Not usually not, I would say. And then additionally, the follow-up from that has become catastrophic at times where I can't pay this I'm gonna you know the, I can't do this I can't a lot follow of through bet reneging yes is what you're discussing back there yes so I think it would have to be on the show to make sure that it gets done I think he's gonna try to wait me out um which is not gonna work because worst case scenario I'll go over to the guy that I know in Marlowe and I'll fucking say when's the next time you have a goddamn opening and right. we'll walk him right up there and we'll just fucking get it done and you know down the street here at the, at the studio in Fairfax but um, ideally, and there, I wanted to talk about this on the free show because we we reach a different audience. If if you know if you're buddies with a tattoo artist, uh, we'll provide the artwork. He doesn't have to drop the artwork. Oh, that's another thing we need. 
I need somebody that will draw. I mean, I'd like somebody to just draw this up and donate it to the show. That would be nice. So yeah. I'm not out of fucking thousand dollars for this shit. But push comes to shove. I've got a bevy of artists that I know that I can fucking um, I can contact and hire sublet to uh, to make the fish tattoo. But um, if, if anyone can help us with it, we would we would greatly appreciate it. Is basically what I'm soliciting for here. I'm wondering how that design's going to go because it's going to be. Hmm. I'm thinking he said it's about to be at the size of a fist is what we agreed on okay. in the bet. So it gives you a little bit of wiggle room. What's the fun? My my thought was, you know, like a mahi-mahi? Yeah. I think we've talked about that. You're the mahi-mahi mangler. That's right. Where it's got the big sloped head. Yeah. I think that style of fish would lend itself. But, I mean, his name is, I mean, some people do call him the hot tuna. So should it be a tuna's body that he is on? I think it would fit on a tuna's body. I think the mahi mahi gives more uh, forgiveness for the human head, okay? Because it is, you know, like it's like a. Fucking, it already has kind of a yeah a big odd head. Uh, or most fish, they like that that pointy head. You, I think, would we want a, a side, a, a landscape profile of it, or like a, a kind of a, a curve in the fish where you? I th- that I'm thinking we see the fish is like basically it, it was swimming yeah. from left to right. It is now turning to swim towards you. Okay. So the fish is like you see its body, but then you see its full face. <laughs> I'm fucking laughing. <laughs> Ted's face. Um, as, it's, as it's now changed its trajectory to come straight towards you. Now, is Ted comfortable with all of this? Um, yes, I called and told him. Actually, I'm going to see Ted is coming up here to the studio. I have a... Uh, I have a business meeting with him, uh, if you can believe it, after the show today. So I'll run it past him again. Yeah, but the second it happened, I said, you're either going to be really happy about this or really upset, but it doesn't matter. It's going it's to happen either way. Uh, and he seemed very excited about it. Getting the personal tattoos, is a that's an odd, <laughs> it's a weird bit. Between dudes? Well, also, they're linked now forever. I yeah. Mean, they better not have, but it has to be someone you're not going to have a falling out with. And I mean, Ted's you know the nicest guy on earth, and he's been around for a million years. So yeah. I think that's pretty safe as well. Oh, I love it! I'm so excited. I'm so it's it's a it's a great burden to get that Why off my chest. Why would he bet a tattoo in the pool, bro? He bet a tattoo. Uh, maybe he's down bad. I don't know. He's begging for people to send him fucking baseball cards on Twitter. Did you see that tweet? I missed day? that one. Oh, it's fucking terrible. Golly, don't bet you what you can't afford to lose. I'm worried that's what's going on, but I don't know that for sure. I'll ask him later on uh, to see if that is the case. But um, he's he's wanted to go to the MGM with me. I said, Anthony, that would be fun. I can't watch you lose five six hundred dollars. I don't think I don't think he would. Well, he lost three G's to me, and Martin Kathy almost kicked him out. Right. So I think you'd have to put a cap on him. I think you'd have to say, "Hey, here's what your budget is. Uh, if I catch you betting more than that, then I gotta go because I can't be around it." I think he'd be fine. Uh, I don't know. I think he gets those gambling fixes, ripping people off for baseball cards. Anyway, um, that's going to be an, an enormous amount of fun, and I'm, I'm greatly looking forward to that. Uh, we are on the road, by the way, next week. We will be broadcasting live from the Outer Banks uh, at least three shows, maybe four shows. You'll get four shows next week, but um, at least three of them will be live from the beach. So uh, get lots of positive feedback for these tour. People say they're some of their favorite episodes of the year whenever we're down there. I think this is the... Maybe the third time, maybe fourth time that you've been down. Uh, we la- for the February where I knocked that man's head off the off the floor. That he was bounced his head off the floor. That was time one down at the right. beach. Um, time two, uh, that was summer house. Okay, and that's I remember that. And then time three was when you came, you drove back home, and then drove back down for Thanksgiving when I decided I didn't want to go back. Go back. Time three was <laughs> the double dip, and then uh, no. 
Yes, time three was a double dip. And then time four was this past February. Are you kidding me? Four times? Four times. Wow. So you were already on your fifth trip down to the beach. Boy, we were fucking... The pitch count is way higher than I thought. So that means we've had four different... We went down in February, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were in Jack Brown's, I was wearing the, the cold hat. Yeah, we had the, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had the janky fucking... Um, that was a great trip. That was one where Jester almost died in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one where Neil turned into Ghost Rider and fucking almost killed me. Right. I breathed right. in all of his hair. <laughs> Underrated trip. That was a great trip. <laughs> that was a great. <laughs> that was where Monk. Remember, he couldn't put the uh, bat on the ball. We were out there yeah. playing some catch in the front yeah, yard. Yeah, that was the football trip. The, the foosball trip. And then we had before that was the pool table right. in an arcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ant Man was taking pictures of Jester as his asshole was falling out as they were going up the fucking dune. This is trip five. Golly, it's fucking crazy. You say golly. Um, <laughs> This guy. That was a great. That that was probably as far as packing it in. I think that we packed about as much as we possibly could into that particular uh, fiasco. So, if this could live up to that, then I think we'll do we'll we'll do very well. I, I actually think that the trips when there's no beach is more eventful because if you're just sitting on the beach drinking beers and listening to fucking music and then run and jump in the ocean, right? You know, that's you, you got about eight hours of the day where nothing crazy is fucking happening. The uh, the one thing about this house though, we do not have a um above level recording area that's I think, true i think it's that glass table oh that's right yeah generally we like to go we have we like to do a level change we go up into some sort of loft or crazy child area <laughs> the last one was the most ridiculous it was so it. stupid <laughs> we were sitting in there's a bunch of kids they had this loft in the beach out with a bunch of kids toys in it like you know like playhouse type shit and there's no place for adults and for some reason we said well we've got to be up there <laughs> we had uh, the biggest table on earth <laughs> Level change. Ready baby. for it. It's so no no no. That's ridiculous. It would have been so comfortable. Um, we have to have a level change. Okay, so that'll be next week. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what you're about to hear now is um, on the show this week. Uh, one of my my favorite guests that I've ever had on in my my entire career, um, and a guy that I consider to be uh, I'm gonna say I consider to be a friend at this point. Uh, Jade Chandrasekhar was on the show. This week, you know him. Um, he was the director of Super Troopers. He's in Super Troopers. Uh, he's in Beer Fest. He's in, he, by the way, he called it the restaurant movie on the phone with me the other day. I mean, I said, do you mean Slam and Salmon? Like, that's one of my favorite movies. Like, yeah, yeah, that restaurant movie. And then he didn't remember that there's a big actor that does a cameo in that movie, and he didn't remember the guy who was in the movie. And I'm like, oh, you... You just made the movies. You don't love them as much as I do, <laughs> which is fun. Um, but he came on. He's uh, built an app. It's a real cool app. A lot of listeners have already signed up for it. It's free. Uh, it's called Vouch Vault or Vouch Vouch Vault. Yeah, the Vouch, Vouch Vault app. Vouch Vouch Vault app. I was vouching for things yesterday, actually. Uh, lots of people have vouched for this show. I was very excited. Um, we had a really good conversation, and um, I, I know it's going to be long tour, but I, I think I'd like to put the whole thing up. I think that's that that'll be good. Yeah, because it was it was great, and um, if you already heard it, it's I I think I went back and listened to it again. You know, if I don't I fucking hate myself. If I want to go back and listen to it again. It went really well, so uh, we're going to put that on here for you, and that is going to be your uh, sampler platter of what went on this week during the show. We had the guy that drives Gravedigger on the show this week. We had a bunch of great segments on the show this week, so hopefully some of you guys uh, find it in your Bart of Barts to uh, subscribe. Go to chaddukeshow.com. All right, the great Jay Chandris Sekar right now on the Chad Duke Show. Do you want to know the origins of baby girling? Do you want to know Jester's biggest triumph and his biggest failure to date? Are you curious about John Denver songs? If so, go to CommonwealthDryGoods.com and purchase the best of the first six-month CD or the best of the first year, or both, preferably both. 
Friendos, I don't know if you saw on at Chad Duke show on Instagram. I put up a picture of, well, you know what? Sponsors come and go is basically what I said. And uh, that's an exception to the two sponsors that don't come and go. They just stay. And that is uh, Monk's Barbecue. And that is Joe Azer buying and selling homes. I told you about Alejandro and his wife. Uh, he was using a friend of the family. I hear We've heard the story now. Two or three times where it's like, oh, I've got a friend that does this and that. You cost yourself money. You cost yourself time. And the worst part is, you know, uh, the weekends. You're wasting your weekends driving around aimlessly instead of having a guy like Joe that's going to jump in and get you a competitive local lender that's going to find all the houses, including a lot of pre-market houses um, that are, you know, available to him. He has access to them, but you you wouldn't. Um, Alejandro and his chick. Went with Joe, got him in the, the the neighborhood they wanted, right next to, oh, right off Burke Center Parkway, right over by old Stomping Grounds, that Heckinger's I used to work at. I think it's a Walmart now. It's a tough market, but so many of my listeners have gone to Joe and have seen results, feel very confident recommending him to you. And again, I understand that buying a house, not everybody can be like, shoot, and you just you drive down the street and say, ah, it's new truck day. You can't do it. Um, but maybe in a year or two, you're saying, hey, we're going to have a kid or the kid's leaving the house or whatever. Maybe we're going to downsize, upsize, whatever it is. Keep Joe's number in your phone, 571-989-ACER. That's 571-989-2937. That is his cell phone number. Shoot him a text today. Say you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, man, touch him base. If you ever need anything, give me a call. That's the way Joe works. He is a pleasure to do business with. All you got to do is make sure you tell him that Chad Duke sent you. Everybody, the Chad Duke Show Spotify page has updated playlists for your listening pleasure, including songs handpicked for our Tennessee road trip and 90s country playlists. Just follow the Chad Duke Show on Spotify and you'll see all the show's favorite tunes. It is the Chad Duke's show. Very excited for our next guest joining us on the Monk's Barbecue Hotline. Great friend of the show that was just on a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned at the time that he was working on a um, one of those cellular telephone applications that everybody's so high on uh, that he thought was going to be interesting for our listening audience. And it's crazy because on this day, May 27th in 2014, I got to meet the great Willie Nelson, an, an American treasure icon and legend that was completely and 100% facilitated by Mr. Jay Chandrasekhar, who joins us now on the program. Still, Jay, the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for me. So thank you very much for that, and thank you for joining us today. I have to tell you that that really, um, I mean, getting to become friends with Willie was incredible, but introducing you to Willie was, it just made, it warmed my heart, I have to tell you. I, I know, I, I don't, I'm not usually a very emotional guy, but I, I, I really do appreciate the comment. It's, uh, it, it was unbelievable. It's one of the, speaking of being emotional, it's one of the most emotional moments of my life. It's one of the, it's, after it was done, I went out into an alley and cried for 20 minutes, and my wife said, all right, pull it, <laughs> pull it together, for God's sakes, you're a grown man. Um, and then we went in, and he, uh, I think he was about 86 at the time, and he just shredded in front of, uh, the people at the anthem, it was unbelievable. But yeah, that um, I mean, I there's a lot of things I'm jealous about. What you have and happy for you, but but the time you got to spend with Willie on Dukes of Hazard, then of course Beer Fest, and you know, kind of being on the bus and all that stuff. I mean, that that's that's stuff that I think anybody would be envious of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it it wasn't just time. It was like we became like we became partying buddies. <laughs> And he was like, you coming to the bus later? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm coming. 
and 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 you know, I mean, we I introduced him to this idea of smoking out of uh, we would make a, a bong out of an apple, and uh, and the gag was you you and so he bought like two cases of apples, and so you pop a hole in it, and you put the thing, and you would smoke right out of the top of it, and then you take a bite of it, and you go refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> that is tremendous. I can't. You introduced smoking out of an apple to Willie Nelson. I mean, that should be. I un- couldn't believe it either because, of course, I didn't invent it. But I, I said this is because we we were just on that. We had a, I had a green apple, and I said, "Hey, let's do this." And he goes, "That's incredible." And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, thank you, <laughs> thank you." I'm gonna take full. You just walk around with a green apple in your pocket. That's kind of odd. I mean, I'm a healthy guy, you know. With all the stuff I put in my body, i got to try to maintain the health on the other end. I understand that. Um, Well, it's great to have you back on. And uh, you and I have had many discussions about um, Rotten Tomatoes, which, of course, uh, I think started... In the best of it, with the best of intentions, and uh, back in I think the early to mid two thousands, right when it was kind of becoming big, I remember having the guys on from the website, and they seemed to love movies. Um, and then somewhere along the line, it has become the, the word toxic gets thrown around quite a bit. And this is my opinion, not yours, but one of the most toxic places I think on the internet, where basically every time a movie is released, there is a cultural war that is waged and it doesn't really seem to do anything <clears throat> to help films. They also have the ability to scuttle a film before it even gets out of the, uh, the dock. I mean, you can just be a broken hole of a ship if, if the, the critics decide they don't like you. Um, I, I, I downloaded your app. This out app is called the, the, the vouch vault. And it doesn't look like this is just something that is limited to competing with rotten tomatoes. As far as talking about movies, I'm looking at this here and you can basically, endorse anything that you encounter walking around in your life you got to take me through what led you to this what the motivation was to create this thing and then what the mission statement is yeah okay the story goes back about 20 years ago when super troopers was at sundance and we had three midnight screenings on friday saturday and sunday night and well, you have midnight screenings at Sundance, and you're 27 or whatever we were. Uh, we knew a lot of people in town, and from L.A. and from New York, who were in in the film business. So we were trying to sort of push our way in too. And so we had a um, a very like young, high, and 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 frankly drunk audience at midnight, <laughs> and they were. Um, it was such a positive screening. It was such a, like, loud laughing. Uh, like, they, it seemed like they were going to rip the seats out. It was such a good screening. I, I remember the release of emotion I felt when, 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 they, when they gave us a standing ovation after the uh, opening scene and the title of the movie came up. Not a standing ovation, an ovation. Um, and I, I had tears come down my face. I was so happy. So then the film sells, uh, you know, we made it for 1.2, it sold for about three and a half, and then everything was great. And then the movie comes out about a year later, and we get this Rotten Tomato score, which is 100 reviewers, and they give it a 38% fresh rating, including the New York Times, a a, a paper I, I read every day. And there it was, right in the New York Times, this guy, yeah, I don't really like it. You know, and, and, and really, when reviewers see comedies coming, 
they tee off. They don't tee off on, on, on Steven Spielberg or any of the dramas because they want to go to the Oscar parties and they want to be considered serious, like Pauline Kale. But when they see comedies coming, they're like, oh, this is a good opportunity for me to insult the hell out of this thing. And then my fans will all laugh and, we'll, and then I'll get more followers. And, I, oh, there's a horror movie. I'll trash that, too. And they, I've talked to reviewers about this. They're like, well, we just, you know, you guys make a lot of money, so it's, what's a big deal? Like, we're, we're, you know, don't worry about it. And I'm like, don't worry. I mean, we got a review for the movie Beer Fest, which we openly said was an ode to binge drinking, right? We got a review out of Arizona called Gra- from Grandma's Reviews. Oh, and her review is, I didn't like it. There was too much drinking. And you're like, Grandma, it's not for you. Right. And so so I, I remember then thinking this is I, look the movie ended up doing well. And obviously it went on to to great success. And, you know, if you look around tomatoes now, in addition to that 38 percent or whatever the number is, reviewer rating, which is 100 people, there's a, a, an audience rating and it's it's a 90 percent fresh rating. And that's from 200,000 people. And I remember thinking, who are these reviewers with these out, with these outsize uh, like levels of influence, and, and I'm and you're like I don't know who any of them are. They're all strangers to me. And I I said to myself, I'm like, when is the last time you walked up to a stranger on the street and said, Hey, what movie should I see? And that's what it is, right? And it's not just one. It's it's a hundred strangers who've decided. Well, we we I think this, and I'm like, who cares what you think? So I I that was the revenge play. That's when my my kernel of revenge started. And now, along with two other guys, I've built an app. And the app was designed originally to just basically be uh, an Instagram of recommendations, right? right? It was basically like, if you like, like, I'll follow you, right? And you say, hey, I like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Roadhouse, right? And I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen Roadhouse. I I like Chad, and he likes the same kind of movies. I'll see Roadhouse. Like, it's, it's. Of course, I've seen Roadhouse many times. Sure. Uh, or Point Break or whatever it is, Ted or Knocked Up. It started, you know, when I first talked to these guys, it was just going to be all entertainment, music, movies, television, podcasts, books, uh, radio. Um, and then they were like, yeah, what? If, why don't we just do it for everything? You know, restaurants, wine, hotels, cars, anything. And I said, yeah, okay, let's do that. So we kind of, we kind of just kept building and revising and, and retooling and we're, you know, and now we're in the app store and we're in the, we're in the Android store. And, uh, and as you know, there it's a, it's a new app, but it's, it's, it's pretty damn good. Like obviously as we raise money and we build it up, it's going to get really damn good. But it, right now I think it's pretty damn good. I'm really proud of it. I got it on my phone. I downloaded it as soon as you said, Hey, I want to talk about this thing. And, um, the the potential i the thing that's great about it is i i have a little bit of influence not nearly as much as you know your i don't know your pat mcafees and your joe rogans and people like that but like people ask me about stuff like this all the time They're like what movies are you watching with it if i i'm guessing the way that you're going to curate your own list of recommendations is you're probably listening to people and watching people where you're like minded or at least you respect their opinion so you go to their feed on Vouch Vault, and it's like, oh, 
they checked out this podcast. I bet I'd like that too. Oh, they're listening to this, you know, country music artist. I bet I'd probably. The great thing is, is like you just cut out, and I'm, I'm explaining to you why you did this, which is stupid, but you cut out all these pretentious assholes. I, Jay, I um, I, I watched the what is the the Michael Bay movie that he put out, uh, Ambulance, right? Ambulance. Which, by the way, God bless him, he didn't make a stupid Transformers movie. It's it's a Whatever you think of it, it's its own entity. Like it lives and breathes by itself. There's not one superhero in it. And I watched it and I was like, this is pretty good. Like this is a big two hour car chase. The first goddamn critic that wrote, it gave this a fresh review and said, it's so dumb. I'm ashamed of myself for enjoying it as much as I did. That was her response. And I'm like, well, if so, if I like it, does that mean I'm dumb? Like I just even to get out of their own way. I know to fucking know. say I they know. like the movie, they got to shit on it. I'm like, and I, and I and I encounter this in sports talk radio so much, Jay. Where there's these people that clearly hate the sports and the athletes they're covering, and they're angry about it, and they lash out and they attack these guys. And I'm like, why the fuck are you in this industry? Like you don't have a passion for this. Maybe you did. When you got into it, but now it's like you resent it. I, there's like huge names I can point to in the sports industry where I know that's what's going on. I feel like that's what happens to these people that are so embroiled in cinema and, and being these gatekeepers is that they kind of lose track of what drew them to the industry in the first place. Well, you know, if you're if you work at somewhere like the New York Times, I I believe you're just assigned the movie. <laughs> you know, right? Like it 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 says though. You know, like, there's certain movies that I won't go to. And generally, they're like, if it's like young teen girls singing and dancing kind of movies, I'm like, eh, it's probably not for me. Right. right? So uh, you wouldn't want me to review it, right? Or if it's like, a, it's like a, you know, a movie about cooking in Russia, I'm like, I don't know, maybe. I doubt it, though. You know, it's like, there's certain movies that I would want to be assigned to, but it doesn't, I don't think that's how the system works. Like the guy who the guy who didn't like Super Troopers also at the New York Times didn't like he didn't like The Hangover, and I'm like, well, if you don't like those two films, then maybe this genre is something you don't like. Right. So maybe you should be reviewing. Like they're they're great reviewers, right? I'm sh- I mean, I there there are and and they know movies really well, but it's sort of like this. It's like I don't really care what they don't like, you know. I care what they do like. It's sort of like when you go to a, a dinner party. You don't go to a dinner party and go, hey, what movie shouldn't I see? Hey, what, what TV show sucks? You, know, you, you sit there and go, what's good? And they go, oh, there's this hilarious, funny, edgy thing on the BBC Three. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And you never remember it. But, you know, that's why this, this app is built in part, because it's, it's not only what you are vouching for. It's not only like, hey, I like this, this thing on BBC Three. It's if I hear you say, oh, I like this thing on BBC three, I'll type it into my tri vault. And then later when I'm sitting there at home going, what should we watch? Oh, I can go to my tri vault and go, oh, there are these six things that I heard about, you know, you know, for example, if I follow you and, and you and you have this whatever this thing is on that uh, Ricky Gervais did on BBC, I'll go, oh, I haven't seen it, but I'll put it in my tri vault and it'll go there. And then later I can go, oh, yeah, let's watch that. And it just takes all this, you know, you know, more scraps of paper with writing down and, you know, whatever it is. It's it's all right. It, we're, I'm trying to make it easy for people. We got to make it easy for people because the modicum of effort that people are, you, you have to, 
I've, I've found two things to be true is that you've got to you've got to streamline stuff and make it easy so that this first time you sit down you can understand how it works and then you got to facilitate people being able to make it all about themselves like if you can figure out a way for people to make it all about themselves you're going to be rich and this you can do both of those things so um i'm looking forward to that and also i think to your point if you come to Chad Dukes, who just referred to himself in the third person, so he should be beaten Love with it. a fucking a sock with full of wood screws, and you say, hey, uh, what do you think of Coda? I'm not the guy for that. Like, I'm not your Coda guy. But if you come to me and say, what do you think of Halloween Kills? Like, that's the guy that I am. So I think that most people can then suss that out for themselves on this app. It's like, okay. I, I don't think that this is going to be the guy that what his opinion of stomp the yard is not going to influence whether or not I dig it. But, you know, when they put out the 400th sequel to John Wick, all right, this is the dude that I want to go fucking talk to. So exactly. That's like, exactly if I what you're know talking John about. Wick is good. I want to know what you think of John Wick, right. not what the, you know, whatever this the reviewer at the L.A. Times thinks. Because I'm like, I don't even know where who they are. I don't know where they went. I don't know if they went to school or didn't go to school. I don't know if they smoked weed. I don't know anything. They're strangers. And they're strangers that are being, as you said, handed something that... And that's what's crazy because I hate to keep going back to sports, but there's people that work the baseball beat. You know what I mean? They work the football beat. Why isn't there? Well, comedy, and I, I, don't get me off on this, Jag, though. Comedy is the most difficult thing on the planet that gets the least amount of respect. Like, first of all, nobody knows they aren't funny. Like, there, there are so many people that walk through this fucking life and they think they're funny and no one has, will tell them they're unfunny. And they're the guy that's, oh, man, if you just got up in front of a stand-up crowd, you'd kill like their friends. No, 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 that's that's not true. It's incredibly difficult to make people laugh for the most part, um, unless you're just naturally a genius at it. And secondly, I don't know why, if you can make people cry, uh, if you can move them with music, if you can tell a dramatic story, you get an enormous amount of respect for that where... You know, and I'm sure, look, Joe Coy, who you know very well, he gets a lot of respect. You know, Kevin Hart gets a lot of respect. There's there's exceptions to the rule. But I guess it goes back, do you think it goes back to that court jester thing where it's like, let's bring an idiot in here so we can all have a chuckle, whereas if you bring in someone that plays a loot, like everyone sits around and marvels at their ability. I think that, that you know, it get, it has to do with all of that stuff you're saying, but it's like, you know, these stories that are dramas are often serious stories. And they, you know, in some cases, they make some people cry. I'm a bit of a robot, but, you know, they make, you know, <laughs> normal humanoids, they cry. But, and it, it, it's hard to sort of, like, imagine being the guy who trashed Schindler's List. You'd be like, oh, what's wrong with you? You know, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. I mean, the, the the other thing is is that these reviewers came out from a they, they're all sort of descendants of this uh, incredible reviewer named Pauline Kael, who used to be able to make or break uh, theater and film uh, shows with her review alone, and she was also an incredible writer, and and they all want to understandably want to be that they want to be they want to be Ebert they want to be Siskel they want to have this massive influence on the business and I don't blame them, but the problem is. <clears throat> There, you know, you. I mean, I think I mentioned this, but you get more, you get more um, notice when you're mean and funny. Like, there's no doubt. Like, I mean, you know, Fox News has survived by insult. It's an insult machine, right? I mean, the President Trump, and I'm not going to say anything bad about him necessarily, but he could have been a great insult comic, right? He was. He's funny. 
and he's mean. He's like, you know, he's not Don Rickles, but he's he's, he's in the same category. Right. And and ultimately, as a guy who didn't vote for him, I enjoy his insults. I find them amusing, right? And that's the animal in me, the just, just wild animal who loves it when the when the head chimpanzee insults another one. And that's what these reviewers are doing. They're like, well, we can get a lot of play by insulting these com- as comedies, and who cares? They're going to make their money. And that's just not reasonable, right? Yeah. And they, they can do it all they want to. I, I don't really care. I'm, I, I built this machine so that you go, if that reviewer likes, let's say they like all these French New Wave films or they like these new dramas, great. I'll, I might watch some of them if we agree on the dramas. But if, if you can't be, have an, uh, uh, like a straight, honest play on comedies, then I'm going to build an app to try to go around you. I know you're a Stern fan, and what you described was Stern over the years. And, you know, if you play Stern from the early 2000s or Opie and Anthony or any of these shows that I kind of was influenced by here locally, Donna Mike was a big one. Um, people, oh yeah. my, oh my God, they're they're horrible to each other. Oh my God, they're so. You listen to the way Stern eviscerates Gary, who who just seems to be. You've met him, I know. He seems to be yeah. the nicest guy on the fucking planet. He's um, nice and he's smart and he's and he's cool. And it, but I play it for my wife, and like she's like, how he's so awful, and I'm like, well, no, no, this is this is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know how to I don't know how to say that to people. Do you think you're just either wired for that type of humor or you're not? Yeah, I mean, look, a very large number of people are wired for that kind of I think so. Um, <laughs> and so clearly Stearns, everybody loves it when they rip Gary. Um, but it's a gag. It's a joke. Um, but, you know, and, and that's fine. That's a great place. Like, we insult each other in Broken Lizard all the time. I've noticed. For being short, for being fat, for being brown. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> you know, my nickname is the Brown Clown. <laughs> you know, it's it's fine. I love it. I love it. You know, we, we, you know, we call uh, Steve Lemmy and Kevin Efren, we call him Fat Man and Little Boy after the two uh, <laughs> nuclear bombs. You know, like, it's... It, you know, we we call Stolhansky, uh, you know, Captain Hook. He's got one. He's got one. You know, leg and a prosthetic. You know, it's like, it's it's all. You know, we it, it you know we make fun of so, Paul Soder for ha- for having his calves are so thick. We we say they're full of cum, right? It's just whatever, right? It's just joke. It's just jokes. But ultimately, you know, this the the. The, the the reviewers coming after our films, I just can't take it. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. <laughs> no, I got you. You got to punch back. I, I got a, my producer, Tor, who I think you've spoken to, he's got the biggest haunches on earth, and I think now i figured out why after you just explained hey, that. Uh, explain that, explain that joke That's where he stores his cum. That's what, <laughs> other people's. Um, it is, uh, it's the Vouch Vault app. It is uh, F-R-E-E. You can uh, pick it up right now. And I invite all of them. I will be on there. Um, can you like? Uh, can you get that URL bit? Or how do you get your people involved? Is that like an easy thing to do? Like, how do I tell my listeners to come hang out with me on there so they can see what my recommendations are? So yeah, one you got to you got to download it. Obviously, at the App Store or the Android Store, it's Vouch Vault. It's not just Vouch. And then um, you know, go and look uh, at. Uh, I assume you're Chad Dukes. Uh, I am. And, Indeed. you know, or at J Chandrasekhar, if you type, I know my name's really long, but if you type <laughs> at J and C, it'll, it'll come up and you can follow me. 
uh, and then you'll get it. You'll get all all what it is. Now, look, uh, let me just tell you one thing. The the app is new, right? So you basically you, you press the plus button, and then you type the thing you want to app. Let's say it's the movie Ted, which I vouched for this morning. Um, and then, you know, you pick a picture in there. That's easy. And then you, you say why you like Ted. Now, at some point, it says where to find it, right? So you have to paste in a link of of let's say it's on apple tv or it's on it's on uh, amazon tv uh which means this if you want to vouch for ted you, what i do is I, I go to um apple tv first and i copy the link and then i open vouch vault and so that i can paste it in when it's time you'll get it when you see it but ultimately there's a little tutorial and it tells you how to do it it's really pretty easy, but it just it takes a, a minute to learn how to use a new social media app. Yeah, uh, I, I was cruising around there pretty quickly after downloading yeah. it, which is good. Um, dude, I saw. Speaking of that, I'm gonna my first uh, my first edition on Vouch Vault is gonna be this movie. Have you heard of this movie called The Outfit? No. So it's like um, I'm a big fan of uh, whenever there's a tired ass trope and somebody figures out a completely new way to do it. Like before Marvel and DC just completely oversaturated us with these superhero movies. There was a movie called Hancock with uh, with Will Smith and Jason Bateman. Oh, yeah. And um, it was funny. And I also thought it was a very unique take on superheroes, which is difficult to do and um, had nothing to do with an established superhero. So I always liked that. This movie is a gangster movie, but it's a gangster movie that like all takes place inside of this one tailor shop over the course of about eight hours. Um, and so it's like a completely interesting new take on what is an incredibly oversat, like found footage. If you can figure out something new to do with found footage, I think that's why people shit themselves over Cloverfield when it came out. Um, yeah. it's because nobody was expecting a giant monster movie like they made with Blair Witch. So I, I, I don't like to just bring you on and try to put you onto movies. You make movies for a living, but I think you'll dig it. And that's like the perfect thing to you put, to put on the app because it's like, I don't think anybody's very familiar with this flick and it's free on Peacock right now. If you're just sitting there on your ass. Well, there you go. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like, as we sit here in, in I'm sitting in my office at home, I used to have. I don't know, 500 DVDs of movies, right? And I used to look at them and go, oh, yeah, The In-Laws from fucking 78, right? right? Or or, or uh, Point Break, oh, yeah, right? But when my kids go, there, there's nothing to see here. There's no <laughs> there's no DVDs on the thing. Right. My wife's like, get rid of those damn things. We don't even have a DVD player. I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't know what it, I can't, but okay. So they're in a box. But the, the point is, since we don't have hard media as much, I mean, obviously we still have books, although a lot of books are on Kindles, right? If you can't pick something up and look at it, you're very unlikely to even think about it or know about it or try it. I'm trying to – the other thing about this app is that I want it to be like a memory machine, and I want people to be like, remember that movie, The Suit from back then? And you go, oh, yeah, and I, I'm hoping to give life to these old movies that are, like, lost in the in the shuffle because there's no physical, you know. I Because mean, one of the big things that made Super Troopers, uh, a, in particular, a DVD hit is that and it was a time when people bought DVDs. Yeah. And they just left it on their DVD player. And then their little brother would come or little sister would come. They'd look at it like, I don't know, let's, we have it, let's watch it. And they'd put it in, they'd go, oh, it's great. And then they'd leave it around and someone would pick it up and go, oh, yeah, and that's, that was a big part of our success. And now, how do you do that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's impossible. I also you can well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, you can you can text your friend. You can you can tweet about it, but that thing just disappears, yeah. right? The, in the in this app, it's just there. It's just if you're looking for something to watch, go through my thing, and you go, oh, I don't know, he likes this. I'm probably good. And you can message me and go, you think I'll like it? I go, yeah, I think you're gonna love it. And that's it. That's pretty cool. I also think I hate to talk to you about Super Troopers because I can't even. How many conversations with Dick in the Dirt podcasters and TV guys? Like, how many Super Troopers questions would you estimate you've had to answer over your life? <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's got to be unbelievable. It, it it it's it's what I'm famous for, right? Um, and so uh, I don't see it as a burden i just see it as like you know we got we made it we made something that we thought was funny which was always our plan we're like we don't really care about making the world a better place we care about (laughs) entertaining ourselves and and if if we're entertained then maybe other people will be entertained too because they're also these same kind of animals as we are and it turned out that was right and and I I I'm really proud of it. I mean, like I I I'm proud to have that big a mustache. Like you know, like I'm proud that like I'm in a lineage with Burt Reynolds on on famous mustaches. Yeah, you're in that. You category. know, like I, there's nothing there's nothing about that movie. You know, I mean, you know, my friend's mom she she gave it a review like like that that woman gave up for the ambulance movie. She goes, Yeah, you make those dumb shit movies. They're so hilarious. <laughs> And I'm like, you wicked witch. <laughs> you but, crone. But... <laughs> that is hilarious. I mean, how dare you? <laughs> the, um, the, the the reason why, and I was so glad, it's my favorite part of it, and, I'm, and then the, the part where I'm glad you revisited in Super Troopers 2 is um, to be funny and then also re- be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's tough. It's difficult to do that, especially with a sequel because you know all the characters. But with Crackling Bacon, I remember in the theater for Super Troopers 2, I'm like, <laughs> They've lost their fucking mind. Like, are, are, are you, they're they're on tour, like with a band. This is the craziest shit. And then the movie. Oh, okay. Like, I think that's what draws specifically to those two movies. I'm a I'm a fan of all of your pictures, but um, where it's like I'm laughing, but I also have no clue what these guys are doing right now. I think that instantly gets the hook into people. You know, we we all. I always tell like, I mean, we we always talk about this within our group. We're like. The most important part of the movie is the first 10 minutes. Because we want people to go, we want people to just sit back, relax their sphincters, and go, these guys got it, all right? (laughs) I I trust them to tell this story, and I'm going to sit here and just sink into my chair and enjoy it. And if, if, if you have something illogical or something off that's the wrong tone, in the first 10 minutes and the audience can never quite relax. They're like, I don't know. Is this going to suck? Is this going to suck? That's what we're trying to do is just relax. We got it. We got, we're going to tell you a good story and we're going to surprise you. And yeah, you're going to have Donald Sutherland pull the cord on his own life support machine. Yeah. I, 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 I understand what you're saying. Um, I'm, I'm excited. The app is uh, the app's cool, man. I'm, I'm excited to use it. And uh, I, I think everyone that listens to this show is going to check it out. They have great affinity for it. I think you've earned some trust as far as uh, putting products out there. Speaking of that, um, I, I'm, I'm also very happy for you. Joe Coy is, I, if he's not the biggest comedian on the planet right now, he certainly is in the conversation. Um, and I, 
you know, I have you on, we talk about it on the show, and, like, I see you talking about it, but whenever I see shit just start to show up, like, oh, here's here's a plug for this show over on um, whatever it is. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, uh, the app that I saw it on where I'm like, well, I'm on IMDb, and I see, like, an ad for a movie. I'm like, oh, this is getting into the mainstream, and I'm starting to see that for your movie um with joe when when does that come out and like what type of a spread like what type of a i don't want to say promotional but it seems like there's some heft behind this thing like i'm seeing it pop up in places where you know usually only big movies pop up well uh, uh, you know joe coy is uh for those of you who don't know him he's he's, he's like half um, half filipino half half american he's just, he's, he grew up uh, i think on a military base overseas and he is an incredibly funny dude, and he um, he has three Netflix specials, and and Spielberg, who I don't know, and even though he's been my boss for the past year, uh, because of COVID, we never met. Um, uh, he saw one of these specials and like, let's make a movie with that guy. And so they sent me up to Vancouver uh, with a script, which we rewrote and 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 shot. Uh, I'm in the movie, by the way. I play his agent, uh, and and uh, the movie. Then you know the guy Joe is the biggest comedy comedian uh, from a ticket sales perspective in the country, in the world. He sells like when he came to L.A. recently, he sold out the Forum three nights in a row. It's like fifty six thousand seats. He sells thirty eight thousand in Seattle. He's a phenomenon. He's just this incredible and so likable and charming and funny and edgy too. And he. You know, we made this movie and we tested it, and it it really worked. And, and Universal, you know, the pandemic was waving in and out, waving in and out, and they were like, I don't know, should we put it, should we stream it? Uh, you know, and I was like, guys, you got the number one comedian in the world in his first film. You have a film that works from a filmmaker who makes theatrical comedies. I said, you guys are Universal. You've released Knocked Up. You released uh, Four-Year-Old Virgin. You released, like, so many major comedies. Like, this is the best comedy house in Hollywood, Universal. And I'm like, if we can't make this work, right. you guys should fold it up, <laughs> you know? Because because this is it. This is like having Steve Martin before The Jerk. This is like having Eddie Murphy before uh, the 48 Hours. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be that. I'm just saying this is what the ingredients are. You have the comic, you have the movie, and you're universal. And I said, let's be the the film that brings theatrical comedies back. It's like it's not like people are like they love that experience. Let's do be the film that brings it back. And because and you know what, we're the only wide release theatrical comedy this summer. Wow, it's that insane. And and so we. We try to put this thing on our backs and bring it back. Let's hope we do. And if we don't, well, we'll move on to the next thing. But 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 it is a good movie, and uh, it's a really funny movie. And Joe is great. And August fifth, and you know, it's going to be wide. You're going to see stuff everywhere. They're going to go big. I mean, it's just capes and tights. That's probably why. Um, Lou Diamond Phillips is in this movie. Um, oh my god, so what, funny. What is it? Is, so it's a, so he's funny in the. Um, I, I hope he's a good dude. I've had some experiences with other actors that I admire that that turned out they were different than what I thought. But I am the biggest young guns mark on the fucking planet. So <laughs> if Lou Diamond Phillips isn't a cool dude, I'm gonna be so distraught. What what was it like working with him? Well, 
I mean, I'm with you, man. You never, ever know. I, I mean, I worked with, I tell you, I worked with Burt Reynolds, and it was an up-and-down affair, I, I will say that. Like, I'll come back on the show and tell you the Burt Reynolds stories. They're, Please. I mean, they're, I mean, I have Chevy Chase stories, too. They were, they were also up-and-down affairs. But Lou Diamond Phillips, uh, who I call LDP, is Look at you. the coolest, uh, friendliest dude ever. And Thank he God. was like... And he, you know, he gets to play himself, and so you get to hear Young Gun stories in the movie. I'm like Lou, I love you, I love you, but we gotta we gotta hear about Young Guns in the movie. And so we wrote lines in the movie about Young Guns. Oh, that's so great! I'm so what happy did you? you did that. Yeah, I mean, we know what people want to see him for. I mean, he's he's a, and he's the nicest, coolest guy. And he goes, you know, this is the first time in my entire life that I've got to play a Filipino because I'm always some native American yeah. or Mexican or whatever. <laughs> he goes, this is awesome. And I'm like, that's, that's such a nice thing to hear. That's such a nice thing. I, to hear. I remember I read an interview. He was in a show called Longmire that I liked. And, uh, he did an interview with Cowboys and Indians magazine, which, um, there's a lot of native American actors and they do a lot of stuff about native Americans in movies. And, uh, they interviewed him and he's like, yeah, nobody believes me when I tell them I'm Filipino. Like I'm just so, well-known yeah. for these roles. And he does such a great job with them. So it's like, you know, it's easy to see. That makes me so happy. You knew, I feel like a Rube asking this, but you know Tom Cruise is in Young Guns, right? Yes. You do? do. You know how many people don't know that? I tell them that and they call me a liar. Bon Jovi's in Young Guns also. I tell this thing. I tell these things to people. They look at me like I got an alien crawling out of my face. I've seen Young Guns maybe 12, 15, 13 times because we had the DVD. Yeah. I mean, Young Guns is an important movie to me. It's an important movie. It should be a part of a curriculum. And by the way, Young Guns 2 is no slouch either. I fucking... No, it's not. And I'm going to vouch for both those films as soon as we get off. <laughs> That's a great idea. We'll both be vouching for Young Guns at the same time. And the Apple lose all credibility because it's just people vouching for Young Guns left and right. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> those, those movies are great. Um, how is Tia Carrera? I saw that she's in the film also. Uh incredible because she's you know she's usually this like famously sexy lady and she uh and, and of course from uh wayne's world who we're, we're you know we all true lies rolled we rolled through a lot of lotion on that we movie. certainly but, did but uh she <laughs> called me and she's like i want to play this older aunt and uh filipino aunt and i'm like are you sure you don't want to go to these sexy clothes? He's like, nope. And nope. she's, you know, it turns out, and Joe told me this. Joe told me, like, he, she goes, she's one of the funny, because Joe, I think they, they, they've been friends for a long time. Because they, she goes, she's one of the funniest people you, and some, somebody you don't expect to be funny. And I'm like, okay, I'll be the judge of that. And I met her, and I'm like, oh, my God, this chick is really funny. And she's super funny. And she's so, you know, I, I don't want to, make it like she, you know, transformed for it. But she, she's like playing a character. She's like a, like this, you know, it, she's really funny. She re and she's playing a mean Filipino lady. You know, it's weird to hear that story because in this, this picture that I'm in, it'll never come out. Um, Gina Gershon oh. is in this movie. And, uh, who is oh, Gina, Gina Gershon? Oh, yeah, wow, yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. And she, uh, I got, damn, there's like a very similar thing where, they brought her in and they like took her to wardrobe and she just picked out all this crazy shit to wear because she didn't want to. She's like she wanted to be 
crazy and over the top and funny and not, you know, sexy Gina Gershon, which has got to yeah. be probably very difficult for her. So it's kind of interesting that that, that experience happened with both, but it, it also, you're, you're not going to be used to seeing her in those roles. So I imagine there's some levity that could be added there. Um, the, the Burt Reynolds thing, just to, to revisit that, this isn't, Kevin Smith, Bruce Willis, is it? Because, I mean, Kevin Smith went on about a 10-year tour shitting all over working with Bruce Willis in a cop-out or whatever that film was. It's not that bad because I'm a pretty big Burt Reynolds fan. The only person who's a bigger Burt Reynolds fan is me. Um, And I would tell you, I left the movie loving him uh, 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 not as much, I suppose, as when I went into it. However... (laughs) Uh, because I'm not a bitch, but of course I, I love, I love, look, he's gone. And I, I, I loved, I loved Burt Reynolds and you know, I love him. I love him. Uh, he had some addiction issues. I'm sure that, uh, and, and some childhood issues that caused him to <laughs> behave a certain way. And, uh, uh, but, but no, I, I, you know, I don't know what Kevin said about, uh, Bruce Willis. I never really heard it. It's on uh, YouTube. You can check it out if you're bored. <laughs> I'm going to vouch for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it rubbed you the wrong way. Well, it's just, it, I don't know how anyone can be as famous as Bruce Willis and not be affected. Um, and you know, Kevin Smith's weird stoner guy. That's like, you know, been thrust into this. I'm directing Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan in a big comedy action movie. Like we're trying to make lethal weapon here. Um, and it just, it sounded like it just went horribly, horribly wrong. And I'm sure it was contributed to on both sides, but I don't, I just don't like hearing that shit. Like I'd rather not hear that somebody who, and I can look politically, if you, in in this world that we live in right now, if you're going to discard people that you, you know, disagree with or that you don't, you're you're not going to have a lot of entertainment options. So I'm, I'm cool with that. I can watch people's movies and enjoy them. Um, if they're shitheads, but like, I don't want to think of them that way. You know what I mean? Like I would rather no, still keep and, in my childish and, paradigm. And, and that's that's the funny thing about it. Like it's the funny thing about the stories I have about Bert and Chevy are that I would you know, like Bert Burrells and I almost fist fought. <laughs> uh and you know, like Chevy and I, you know, he was yelling at me and I was fighting back and then we walk outside and a tour would go by and they go, Chevy Chase! And the place would go nuts. And I'm like, that is exactly how I feel about him in a way. Yeah. In a way, I feel that way about him too. Oh, he's, um, he's and we've made up. He, Chevy and I have made up. But, uh, uh, it, you know, the Burrell story, I, I mean, I, I, it's so long. I should come on and tell it another time. But it, and I will. I will. And you'll, you'll love it. It's not, it's, you know, I am, look, I, it's like I'm a museum curator for the 70s like i'm not gonna come on here and trash burt reynolds Can't. i'm gonna come on here and tell an insane story about burt reynolds was he that's all could you just tell me this was he wearing the boss hog get up when you guys were almost throwing hands at each other uh yes <laughs> yeah that makes it even better yes uh and and uh yes absolutely oh thank god but only part of it Dude, you know, well, I can't. Hopefully, it was just the upper part, just the the, the coat and the hat, and then he went bottomless with maybe some knickers. Um, dude, you know this fucking Johnny Depp trial is happening like three feet away from where we broadcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
It, it's out there. Is that right? It's out in. Uh, it's in, in the Fairf- It's in the Fairfax courthouse from my good friend Anthony. My good friend Anthony was locked up there for a year and a half, and he was in there with the Ooh. DC sniper. I don't know if you remember that dude Malvo that was going around shooting people at gas stations. Like it just completely. I remember him well. Yeah, I remember he, him well. He was, he, he was the next military guy. Yep, he was in this jail, and my buddy Ant Man, who's on the show all the time talking about fast food, was locked up with him. Um, and I guess they got to know each other. But that's the that is the courthouse. That's the the drunk tank. So whenever we're here, like drunks will come staggering out because they all they take all the DWI people over there. Um, but so Johnny Depp, he leaves every day at like uh, five o'clock, and the, the lunatics that are lined up and down the streets with, with the posters. And they will run into the street and run after his SUV. And to his credit, he doesn't do like, he does that presidential thing where he hangs his whole body out and like is doing the hey-ho, hip-hop hooray bit, like waving at all these house frows that are losing their mind. But I just want people to go down there with a big butterfly net and round these people up because, I mean, you've never seen so much <laughs> mental illness on parade. It is... um. I gotta say, it's very surreal to have that going on in the sleepy little old town Fairfax. Um, are there not? I mean, I, I, I somebody I was on some radio show and said there are a whole bunch of hot ladies down there. I have not seen the hot ladies. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure they are the women that are there are attractive in other ways. I'm sure they're caring mothers and sisters and daughters. Okay. I haven't Fair seen enough. any of that. Um, and also, if they were, they would have to be bust in because Fairfax has got a lot of great things going for it. We've got a nice economy, good schools, but um, you know, no one's going to think you're walking around Palm Springs or you know downtown <laughs> Hollywood or anything like okay. that. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? You get what I'm going for. Um, I just want Johnny Depp to uh, have nothing but like you know hot babes, nines and tens waiting for him outside that that courthouse. That's I think what I great. want for him. I mean, every time I see a video of him pretending he's Jack Sparrow talking to just a kid on the side of the red carpet, I I get very excited. Um, I I hate all that shit. I don't know how you deal with it in your industry where it's like it. Somewhat the, the fact that right now in pop culture, my wife is watching. Two different documentaries on the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape, and then whatever that fucking movie was they made with the Winter Soldier. She's like watching all of that at the same time, and I'm like, I, I just would rather watch the movies. Like, I don't want to watch yeah. all the superfluous garbage about the movies. But I feel like I'm in the minority. Well, it, it, you know, I, I, I am somebody who hasn't followed the Johnny Depp trial except what Howard Stern played. Yeah, and you know, I don't. So I'm not going to really weigh in on it because uh, it sounds like, and it's unfortunate. I shouldn't even know what their relationship sounds like. Sounds like they had some I agree. awful yelling matches. I know there was some shitting possibly, and I know, you know there were some threats uh, in texts of violence. And I don't like any of it. And I don't want to have a part of any of it. But, you know, if they want to do it publicly, I don't know what to say. You know, I just don't know what to say. I can't imagine airing that publicly. I can't imagine. If 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 shitting is this big of an issue in a relationship, whenever my wife wants everything that I own and all of my money, she's got so much ammunition to drop dime on. Um, just the horrible atrocities that she has unfortunately walked in on, and um, <laughs> it's just such an awful, awful thing. And also. I don't know. I've, I I always said this was sports where they'd be like, "Oh, have you seen Matt Ryan's girlfriend?" I'm like, "No, I don't need to see Matt Ryan's girlfriend. That's his girlfriend. That's his private life. I need to see yeah. him go out and try to beat the Buccaneers." Um, I don't know when we veered off to that, and I guess I was okay with it when it was magazines. Like you got Entertainment Weekly once a week, and it's like, "Oh, here they are on the red carpet." But now, which is this unbelievable access to all points of everyone's life, like I gotta know 
all of their politics and their allergies and their dietary concerns and like what if they've had bad relationships. I, I don't know. I, I feel like you should focus more on your own personal situation than what you know, whatever idolatry you're going through with celebrities. You know, the the reality is is they use celebrities like disposable pieces of Kleenex. And once they once they tell everybody all the details about their lives, it's going to be pretty hard for Johnny Depp to show up in a movie and me know that he wrote this text to Amber Heard that right. said, I want to leave your body in a dumpster or whatever it was. Like there's some of us who are going to go, I don't know about Johnny Depp, you know, and, and it's, it's too, it's not, you know, the, the whole point of, uh, in my view, the whole point of uh, show business is to escape, uh, your otherwise normal lives and go, oh, let's, uh, he's a pirate and there's he's the president of the United States and he's a bounty hunter. It's like, that's the fun part. And, you know, like I know people enjoy, it comes back to this chimpanzee thing where everyone's like, we're animals and we love to see people fail. We love to see the, the, the mighty brought low. And I don't, but yeah. I know it's like an animal part of us. We're like, oh, did you hear what Johnny Depp said about Amber Heard? And Amber Heard's a babe. Do you remember that movie uh, that uh, it's called? Uh, it was the great, the great weed movie with the heist in the middle of it that Seth Rogen made. Um, oh, uh, Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. I'm going to vouch for it in a minute. So <laughs> um, uh, Amber Heard's in that movie. She plays his high school girlfriend. That he's, you know, he's like 22 and he has a dating girl in high school. I mean, she's incredible, but I don't, you know, can she act in movies anymore? Can he act? In, I don't know. I yeah. just don't know. Well, as a Bears fan, you you know, you have firsthand knowledge of this. The second Brett Favre sent that dick pic or whatever the fuck he did to that Jen Sturger chick, like now I, I was a huge Brett Favre fan. I watched his entire career. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but now every time I hear Brett Favre, I'm like, oh yeah, dick pic. Like it's just, you know, it's just kind of burned. I know. In, it's burned into your subconscious at this point. And uh, luckily for me, so far, uh, you know, uh, you know, the TMZ. First of all, I'm, I don't have that level of faith, thank God. But second of all, the TMZ guys are big beer fest and Super Troopers fans, so. When I'm walking around with my kids, they're, I'm like, guys, and they're like, yeah, yeah, of course not. We're going to take a picture of you. Don't worry about it. And and I'm like, you know, and so they, I, they let my kids walk away, and then they do a little interview. And I'm like, I don't even, you know, whatever. But the, I'm lucky. Yeah. Like, if I, can you imagine being one of these, like, 25-year-old, like, like hot singer, whatever? They fall. They, I, I live uh, on a road in, in California, in L.A., where some other famous people live, and you see these paparazzi waiting outside their gates, and you're like, "Oh my god, there's nowhere, there's no way for them to get out." Yeah, I remember Michael Jackson taking all that shit for putting like, uh, like blankets over his kids' heads, and I'm like, "All right, this guy's clearly got some issues, but maybe he just doesn't want 10 billion pictures being made of his of his children, which, by the way, are not going to be used for altruistic things. They're going to be put in. And he's going to be called a weirdo, and they're going to be a part of the whole narrative." And I put a blanket. Yeah, they're going to say, is this really his kid? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Question you is, know, and yeah. you're like, uh, Question is I mean, sexuality. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know anything. Me neither. I just don't, you know, I don't like it. I don't like no, it. No, and I don't find it entertaining either. I guess that's where the, the split is. Um, I do find uh, your pictures entertaining. I'm very excited. I'm excited for um, the app. It is the Vouch Vault app. It is free, and it is ready, willing, and able for you right there if you go to your iTunes or what is the, the Droid one? I don't even know. Is it Google? 
The Google it's App Store? Go- I think it's Google App Store. That's what it Here's is. what I know. They ruin every group chat I'm in. Every single group chat I'm in, I try to send a video with one of these fucking droid people, and I get a tiny little unpixelated video returned to me. It drives me insane. Um, and, I, and I hate that, too, Jay. Like people are like, oh, you're an Apple cultist. Like, no, 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 no. I just want the shit to work, and I don't want any viruses. That is the extent right. of my endorsement. You know what? I'm going to go on VouchVault, and I'm going to endorse iPhones. How about that? I'm edgy. Boom. Um, Go get that. It's in your app store. I've kept you way too long. At Jay Chandrasekha because they couldn't fit the whole last name in on Twitter. And then you can throw the R in on Instagram. Um, So excited, man. So excited for you in this thing. I think it's going to be big. Got the movies coming out. Uh, Is there any worlds left for you to conquer, my friend? I wrote a novel. Get out Um, of here. I wrote a novel, and I'll come and talk about it someday. What about the struggle uh, between being a tamed animal and a wild animal wow and it's really like you know once you get married you, you're you're you know your wife tames you or your husband tames you and and i was tamed uh and uh, but but that wild animal is is i always say it's like still inside the cage bashing its face against the metal uh so it's and, not a comedy it doesn't sound like it, it is a comedy it is a it comedy, is a comedy. <laughs> but it's you know novels can't be all funny but it, there's there's plenty of like real honest observation and and it's and it's also hopefully funny i'm excited for it's, that it's called the wild and the tamed the wild um, and tamed. but it's i'm gonna i'm gonna do the last draft over the next i've, I've done about nine drafts but i'm gonna finish it in the next two months god bless that sounds like a lot of work um easter a lot of work but a ton of fun good a ton of fun no budget you just write whatever the hell you want. To. Well, your first book is awesome. If, if people have, I'm assuming most of my audience already has mustache shenanigans, but you haven't checked that uh, that bad boy out. It is hilarious. Um, also, the uh, the movie Easter Sunday comes out August fifth in the United States of America with the very funny Joe Coy and Lou Diamond Phillips. Very very cool. Uh, Jay, you're the best. Thank you so much for the time today. Thanks, I always love it. these conversations. The great Jay Chandrasekhar, everybody on the Chad Duke Show. Friendos, if you're in the area, make sure you visit Commonwealth Dry Goods in scenic Old Town Fairfax. They have the very best in local candles, peanuts, gifts, chocolates, olive oil, hot sauce, along with ice-cold cheer wine, and both types of music on vinyl. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Commonwealth Dry Goods or order online today at CommonwealthDryGoods.com. Everybody, I golfed earlier this week. Cracked 60 on the front nine. I know, I know. Don't worry, I'm not... I'm not trying to make the tour or anything. Uh, but what I did do was sweat completely through my shirt, uh, because I don't have a golf polo because my old golf polo doesn't fit because it was, uh, way too tight on me. So I was just wearing a normal thick, I believe Nautica collared shirt and I was hot as hell. But one thing I noticed was I wasn't hot below the belt. And that's because I had recently trimmed up with my uh, Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 hair trimmer. That's what I did. I do it constantly in the summer because I know how hot it can get, especially if you are a big guy, especially if you are carrying extra weight. You want to do everything you can to prevent the heat and prevent getting overheated. If you're on the course and you're in a thick-ass shirt and you're you're struggling to hit uh, get par, Maybe you get a par. Uh, you're struggling to, to have a, a true double par pickup. Just hit the eight on a par four, hit it clean. You say, okay, it was just a standard double double par. Regardless, fuck that. Manscaped. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code Dukes at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Dukes, D-U-K-E-S, at manscaped.com. Listen, keep yourself cool this summer. 
It's a life changer to make sure that you are trimmed down to the best of your capabilities. Head to manscaped.com, save some money on some of their great products, and then thank me later. Hey everyone, if you haven't become a Facebook supporter of The Chad Duke Show or want more information, head to Chad Duke Show on Facebook and click the Supporter Hub tab. It's $5 a month, you'll get access to all the video content from our bonus shows and Friday night hoot nannies. Thank you to Jay Chandrasekhar for coming on the show. Uh, love him and uh, go get that uh, Vault app. It is uh, freaking, it's fun. Um, I was just thinking of how, what a fucking loser, hypocrite, jack tool ass F I am. Um, I, uh, I make fun of everybody. I have a fantasy football league, and uh, nobody cares about your fantasy football team, but I'm just using this as a it's a, it's a parable. Um, I, we just went up to 12 teams this year, which is uh, shitty. I don't like 12-team leagues. I like 10-team leagues. Sure. Um, I like knowing all the players on my team. Um, the fucking uh, – there's a couple of dickheads that I know who they're going to draft because they root for that team, right? Uh-huh. When shirtless Puerto Rican was in the league, he drafted all Redskins. My brother doesn't know anything about football other than the Redskins. So, like, I just knew those guys were going to overdraft Redskins players every single time. Uh, Ant-Man will draft. And and to be fair, he's had a lot of success in the league, and I don't know how. He doesn't know anything about football. But because his team is the Chiefs, I know he's going to take Patrick Mahomes in the first round if he can um, I know he's going to – I don't know if you can overdraft Tyreek Hill or any of these other guys, but he's going to draft, like, the Chiefs defense too early and their kicker. Um, there's these things that you just know about people because they're stupid. You might it, catch me drafting Kyle Pitts. Okay, but I drafted Kyle Pitts last year, and he fucked my butt. So I just want to make sure that you have all the intel that I have. <laughs> I do. Um, I, and, I, and I'm not saying I'm above it, but it, it's when it makes sense. Yeah. You know? Um, if someone slipped, or if it's the last pick, and you're like, "All right, trunk candidate," and then you fucking you draft him, he's like, ah, maybe he'll fucking you know catch ten nine screen passes a game. Um, last year, I drafted Derrick Henry in the first round. Uh-huh. It was my first year as a Titans fan. Um, for about six weeks, I was living high on the hall. Oh yeah, fat and happy. Three uh, touchdown game. Three touchdown game. Honestly, it didn't even really matter what the rest of the fucking th- my team did because I was like, well, Derrick Henry is going to score thirty points. Yeah. So I'm I'm fucking people you know. celebrate your wins with twenty points up. Oh wait, Monday Night Football oh, Titans are playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And by the way, they're playing the Texans. Um, when he got hurt, uh, everything just. Uh, then I also drafted Calvin Ridley. No one cares, but he's a psychopath and fuck that guy. I don't care what he's going through. <laughs> the he, amount of text messages. He fucked me so hard last year. <laughs> I got from Dukes. I was in the missionary position. <laughs> Sunday. Hey, what's up with your boy? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Because I couldn't. Ridley. Like, I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, if he's just out for the season, I'll cut his ass. But I didn't know if he was out for the fucking. <laughs> oh, I sound like every asshole fucking fantasy football player. But but th- think about like when when th- those are your picks those are like two of your top three picks it's like well you're not gonna win much. I was just sitting here looking at the fucking at a mock draft and I said, I bet uh, Derrick Henry's got to be a first round pick this year, kid, right? Like he's definitely got to be a first round pick. I don't care if he is injured. He played in that playoff game. Um, and I'm sitting here talking myself into t- trading for them like Austin Hooper. Ooh, I wonder if the fifth round is too high. Because <laughs> like, you are the ham and agger. That you're fucking, you scream that everybody else is. Okay, is that, I got to follow up here. What What is more of a ham and egger move? Hmm. What you're doing or not drafting somebody from a team that you don't like? 
I've done. I have done that because I don't draft Saints players. I just okay. Don't. I, I I drafted Amari Cooper one year, um, and I was mad about it. And he had a monster year. Yeah. And every ever since then, I'm like, fuck it. It's fantasy football. It has nothing to do with it. I do not like. I do not like drafting divisional opponents of the team I root for because then when they play those fucking t- teams twice, yeah, you're happy when they're. Th- you can't stop yourself from being. I bust Ant Man's balls because he doesn't. He doesn't have a favorite team. He doesn't care about teams. Right. He cares about himself. So like when he's watching the Chiefs play San Diego, you know what I mean. If Austin Eckler scores a touchdown, he's cheering. I'm like, that's your fucking team he scored against. I hate that bit. It's an it's a weird bit where you, you got red zone on. You're like, okay, cool, and you're you see somebody cheering for no reason. Like, what are you cheering for? Himself. Like, oh, oh, you're cheering for yourself. Fantasy. Okay, cool. It's, but it's yourself. I yeah. mean, you're literally, it gives you another excuse to not talk about the game. You talk about yourself, which I don't know if that's what we're doing here. I, I'm, I'm more talking about an annoying thing that goes along with playing, which I think most of the audience probably does. Um, I, I like to avoid, but I, I can tell you this right now. Everybody in the league, I'm drafting Travis uh, Etienne, Etienne, however you say his name. I'm uh-huh. drafting him. So if you want him, you better take him in like the <laughs> second round because I'm fucking steam for him. I'm high on that guy. Oh, you think uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of passes down to him from Lawrence I, I think TTN? there's going to be a lot of checkdowns. I think there's going to be a lot of fucking moving around in the pocket. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him and with Doug Peterson at the helm. Yes, I do. I saw the type of offense that he ran in Philadelphia when he was torching the Redskins twice a year. That would that's not bad. But what I'm telling you is, if you want him, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to stretch because I'm going to stretch. Because every once in a while I pick a player, I'm just like, I have a boner for him. He's going to be on my team, so I'm going to make a ridiculous. I did it. You know what I did with last year? Who? I'll give you one fucking guess. It's Kyle Pitts got to go 2,000 yards, 12 <laughs> touchdowns. They're going to run the offense around him. They're going to run the offense through him. There's no Julio Jones anymore. Look, we're seeing the videos from camp. They're lining them up wide. I might. I might. It didn't, what I'm telling you is it didn't work. Yeah, I know. Then maybe this is the year. Maybe going from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota is what he really needs to shake loose. <laughs> Who would I stretch for this year? I don't know. What? Who I would stretch for. You know, I might stretch for Allen Robinson. I might stretch for I don't him. think that's a stretch. I mean, that guy's a fucking stud, and he's with one of the best offenses in the league. The problem is that Cooper Cup is like... You could pen, unless he gets hurt, pencil him in for eighteen targets. I mean, who gets more targets than that dude? I mean, I might get Robinson third round early as I can. Okay, I think I think he'd be well. Cup's a first rounder, yeah, by far. Um, like, who are the first round wide receivers this year? Would you say Devonte Adams ain't a first round wide receiver? Would you put DeAndre Hopkins up there? No, because he's coming off an injury, and I don't trust Kyler Murray. I read a statistic that says he can't throw in the middle of the field. Uh, Michael Thomas. No, that guy ain't got a. He's never gonna play sixteen games, seventeen games ever again. Mike Evans has always been number uh, second round. Guy. Waddle's gonna. The problem is, I like the I like the Miami receivers. Yeah, I don't. I think Tua's gonna be benched by week six. I mean, it's I think the experiment's possible. gonna be over. Bill Walsh said that if you don't know by a season and a half, uh, then he ain't gonna do it. He said that about quarterbacks. Like, yeah. he's, if you're still trying to have ask questions and say, give him more time. And I mean, look at Daniel Jones. I mean, you look at all these fucking quarterbacks. Like, And Mitchell Trubisky checks that box, by the way. We'll have to see how it goes. Um, what was it, Deontay Johnson? I think he had like a fucking 108 catches last year. Yeah. The, you got to look at receptions, in my opinion, because the receptions mean the quarterbacks are going to those guys over and over and over again. And just because the touchdowns weren't there the year before, they could be here this year. Did you see what Mike McDaniel said about the Tua 
He said, like, uh, I don't need a, a quarterback that can throw it 85 yards. You know, that that's not where the game is right now. I'm like, well, I understand that. But if he can't throw it 85, then he probably can't throw it 60 on a dot. Uh, Yeah, and also I just don't want um, – you know, I don't want anybody – there's no reason to say anything like that, by the way. Right. Unless you're being directly asked about arm weakness or something like that. Um, I love, and I, I shouldn't say this because all the shitheads in the fuck, I love drafting rookie wide receivers it's because, a, especially if you're in a league with idiots uh-huh. like I am that don't know anything about football, like Walgreens knows football, you know football, uh, but most of the guys that are in my league are just, let's drink some beers. And rah, 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 like Monk could have a couple savvy picks, a couple. I disagree. <laughs> I think he's going to be terrible. <laughs> just I think I love Monk. I think he's going to be <laughs> awful, but I think... You know, I drafted uh, who's the kid with the glasses in uh, Indianapolis? Pittman. Yeah, I drafted him like two years ago, and sneaky, just the sneaky, yeah. like in the fucking like fifteenth round, and then we he was my th- the third wide receiver the whole goddamn season. Uh, like, Jamar Chase will be a first round wide receiver. Um, yeah, absolutely. He might be a top. He might be a top five pick. <laughs> what quarterback would you take over him? I'm thinking what running back after Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. What about those Buffalo guys? Diggs, <sighs> they got so much fucking weaponry up there, dude. Um, I take. I'm gonna take Drake London. I'm gonna take uh, David Bell. I'm gonna take. Tra- you know, I'm gonna take Traylon Burke. Yeah, you know, I, you, you, yeah you, I hear him, Mark. Fucking fat Mark. I'm a fat fucking Mark. I'm gonna take Garrett Wilson. I am. It's gonna be stupid. Gonna do it. Where's Terry go this year? Ah, uh, early second, I think. God damn! I hope Terry gets out of there. I got a financial reason why I shouldn't. I got about a oh, if anyone is in the market for Terry McLaurin patch auto panini cards, get at me, dog. You collectors want to be killers? Come get me. Holla at your boy. I got a rack. If you're into it, I'll start posting pictures. Where's Fat Ant Man? I need that goddamn oh, fucking. God. Bring that bin back to me, you son of a bitch. Oh, you don't listen to this show. Yeah. David what, Bell's what? on the Browns. It's not huh? bad. David Bell. I like David Bell in college a lot. Who actually. the fuck's going to throw the Baker going to be throwing him the ball? Ugh. I heard Deshaun Watson offered $100,000 to each of his accusers. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Is that $2.3 million total? This feels light. Doesn't that feel light for the... For the amount of money that he's going, I mean, I'm not, I am not passing judgment on anything he did. If he didn't do it, or if it's a money skip, I don't give a fuck. Please do not message me. I don't want to talk about it. What I am saying. Is that if I'm him, and I can get everybody to go away, and I break them off two fifty, I think that's probably where I would go. You got to do something that's a little life changing. A hundred thousand, I think. And after taxes, you're talking. I mean, sixty G's, sixty five G's, whatever it is. That's a shitload of money. But it's not. Now he could have given me two hundred dollars to keep my mouth shut if I if he if he. I will tickle behind my ear or something. I will fucking super glue my mouth shut for five dollars. <laughs> I don't gotta say shit to nobody. You know the you know the bodies that I got the bodies that I've got the the, yeah. the, the, the fucking uh, GPS towards yeah get me out of the courtroom please because then they're gonna start looking into me so I'm gonna make a you, list of, you, yeah. I'll pay you to keep me out of the courtroom as long as my name doesn't show up in any of this bullshit I will get, by the way there's a five guys over there if you want to buy me lunch I will happily be God. on my way I ain't accusing people of shit I'm the wrong one all right let's uh let's wrap this up this is ridiculous it's been a fucking odious episode. Uh, I apologize, uh, but it's free, so you can't bitch. <laughs> no bitching allowed. I do like our fantasy football mark talk. Because how could you? 
Is Kyle Pitts the only one? Is there anybody else? You, I bet you draft Mariota in one league. No, At no, least no. as a backup quarterback. I bet I draft Cordero Patterson in two leagues. Oh, no shit. Well, you better, you ain't drafting him in Shoes League because <laughs> Shoes got a big old throbber. <laughs> oh, you're throbbing for Cordero. Oh, I'm blowing picks uh, no. left and right. I'm all about taking flyers. How old is he? Is he 32? I think he's like 31 or 32. He got wheels. Where, put, where are you going to put Debo? I mean, Debo oh, would yeah. be a first-round pick if he wasn't going through all of his bullshit. Telling people he ain't going to run the football anymore. Wait. Okay. Last one. Where are you putting Devontae Smith? Pelly? For, from Philly. I know who he plays I, for. I, he went to Alabama. Yeah, Suck my I balls. Like, why are you? Why are you? I, I didn't mean. I, I was making a Devontae Smith Pelly joke. Know. There's not a lot of call for that right I'm now. I'm sorry. I'm a playoff Caps fan. That's all. Think about I think about hockey one week a year. Oh boy, um, I, that's, that's seven days longer than I think about it. I don't trust Jalen Hurts. I mean, I love AJ Brown. I just, I don't know how that ended there, and you know, fucking. I I think those are two great wide receivers. I do not trust Jalen Hurts to be able to get those guys the looks they need. We'll have to see. Eagles are sold. Grammy would differ. The greatest dual threat running back of a generation. Now, here's some more trance music for you to not play on the show tour. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, Nanny tonight, go to our Facebook page. Hey, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chad Duke Show. You can subscribe ChadDukeShow.com. Thank you to Jay Chandler Sacred Tour. Thank you for a fabulous week, my dude. Big week, fun uh, week. Big old week. We will, next time you hear us, we are going to be in the 252 brand new episodes from the Outer Banks next week. Don't miss it and roll out the trash cans. You know what I always say? Time to the offensive few. Ta-da, it's a fucking year.